Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Sam. And welcome to Drooling Semantics. But I'm what, so sorry. But behind me, what like like your career is behind you. Oh, 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 but but I can tell you what it, it, I, I've heard that quite a lot this week. Not the career. I was about to say, yeah. Uh, there you go. Little. In in full swing, no doubt. Uh, but uh, but any, anyway, mate. Lovely to see you. How are you? All right. I'm I'm good. I'm good. But I mean, come on. Though. I mean, you know, you say you're in full swing. You've you've had a week at it now. How's it going? I I'll I, I tell you what. It's I'm loving every minute. But I'm also making the most of having a refreshment now and then. Are you locked and loaded oh. as well? Well, I am. Yeah, I've, I've I've got to keep a clear head. But there we are, locked and loaded. Cheers, Cheers mate. Cheers to you. Mm. But yes, no full swing for rehearsals. Um, first week in the bag, and it, it's been brilliant. It honestly, it's, I I just love panto, mate. I really do. It, 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 is it the most fun you can have on a stage? Well, I think quite possibly. Um, I think so, mate. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. It, it's been fabulous. The, everyone in the cast is brilliant. The creative team are amazing. It's just just a really really fun week, and uh, looking very much forward to to what's to come as well. Whereas you. You're a lazy start this year, aren't you? You're not quite there I'm, yet. I'm, I'm a week behind you. I'm playing catch-up. We start tomorrow. So I've spent a week of um, script prep and a couple of production meetings um, because, for me, yeah. not just, you know, not just um, playing the you know, honour of playing Dame, but um, I'm directing as well. Yes. So, is. yeah, the so added got, responsibility. Yeah, you've got multiple hats on for this one. Man. Um, so, yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, it's, it's it's quite an interesting thing because, as you know, and, and, and people listening or watching will probably know, I haven't really done any directing or it's certainly never been been a route that I've deliberately tried to go or, or had that much interest in, so to speak. Um, I've been involved in productions where I've had some sort of input or helped with development, but certainly never to the level where... I was the sole director or in charge mm. of the creative side of things. So how how do you find like adjusting between? And is it even more difficult at the moment? Or I know you haven't started yet, but you're about to doing both at the same time. I mean, it wasn't a route that I ever thought I would go down. Um, but I'd, I'd always I uh, directing fascinates me. I re- I read quite a few books about directors and um, and sort of books about acting written by directors so I and when I had the opportunity um and it was years and years ago um uh as you say my career is all behind me but <laughs> but it was um it was a few years ago and I I it, and it, I it was um directing pantomime mm. and I knew the producer very very well a lovely producer called David Lee um and he ran Pantoni pantomimes Pantoni productions and I did uh I think it was six for them six pantomimes but um uh it was in a small venue in luton the library theater in luton which is my hometown 
And he said to me, and I'd done two or three for him, and he said, Drew, would you like to, to direct? And I went, I really would, yeah. And I'd done lo- plenty of panto and worked with really good directors and really good panto performers. I thought, well, I know the style. and I know the, um, the uh, uh, you know, what is needed, the, the, the shtuk, if you like it, and, and what makes a good panto. And I'd learned a lot from David. So the opportunity came up and I thought, yeah, I'll go for it. And I, at that time, I wasn't playing the dame. I was, uh, it was um, Dick Whittington and I was playing Alderman Fitzwarren, you know, uh, Alice Fitzwarren's father. So it was a smaller role. And so it meant I could, I could direct at the same time. But partway through, I did take over from the dame because um, personal circumstances, he had to step out for the last week or so of the run. So I did take over as Dame, which is when I, which is the first time I played Dame. So it was my first directing stint and my first stint at playing Dame. I mean, so, if you're yeah. going to go for it, might as well go balls exactly. from the off, yeah. mate. Jesus. Exactly. But um, yeah, it was, I mean, doing two jobs is interesting because I almost try and come into to, to, to doing it, like really knowing. I mean, I learned the lines for Alderman Fitzwarren. I knew exactly what I thought I was going to do which isn't a great deal for me. He toddles on and says a few lines, has a few funnies and a few feeds, is in a few gags and, and routines and toddles off. So it wasn't a great difficulty to step back and sort of write, in this scene, I'll be doing this. Or in, but it was very strange to run around with a script in your hand, reading all the lines and go, okay, why don't you, you know. And it's the, the physical sort of being there as well as, um, you know, directing and being there and then physically being in the scene. Is really interesting. I find that, yeah, it's it's quite a challenge, and it, and also being disciplined with yourself to go. To other other actors go. Does that work? Does it work if I do that? You know, am I all right standing here? What do you need from me to make it work? Because I know what I want you to do, and I know what I'm go. I think I'm going to do. Um, so there's a there's a lot more discussion than um, you know usual. I guess- I guess you can't be precious with no. your vision. Um, and, and I understand that it's not quite the same as being the writer who has put these things down on paper and has written a story and has visualised something happening or something taking shape. The director is slightly different from there as well. Hmm. But you do have to kind of go right, this is what I've envisaged, this is what I've planned for this scene, for this this part. Oh, someone suggested something else. It doesn't match up to what I've said, but actually it's better. And I've I've been lucky enough that I have been in many productions where I've been given quite, uh, quite a lot of flexibility within my role particularly uh, we had them on the show a few weeks ago uh, the lovely Emma and Anthony from the Truth Stops Here musical and that was a workshop when I first worked with them so actually the the idea behind it is here is an idea here's something that's written now let's develop it so so the whole premise is that the initial isn't the same as the final outcome which I guess you could say is the same with any production but in Hmm. this case in particular it was designed so that things could change for the better and, and the the development was the sole purpose rather than just taking what was already there and, and recreating it, I guess. Um, and I found, I found it really rewarding to be able to have input in stuff like that. Um, 
but it, it is difficult i i think not to, so i got certain characters i played in certain things i i love them to death and think this is what my character would do and then someone says oh no why don't you try this or why don't you do this and you there is that little voice in your head that goes but that doesn't match up to what i was thinking at all and yeah. for for an actor hard enough to kind of go no actually i've got to do what what i'm being told or, or what's right for the scenario let alone then being a director trying to move others and, and make all the cogs work together um so hats off to you mate i mean i i don't think i could could do it to, to that level particularly doing two things at once i mean it's 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 from from when i've when i've just been directing you know as, as the director and i and i directed some shows um with 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 I did I used to do a season, the classic thriller season in Nottingham, Nottingham Theatre Royal, um, with a producer called Colin McIntyre, and he passed away a few years ago, and has now gone on to a new team. And we're all really good friends, and we work together. It's it's weekly rep, so it'd be a week, you know, a show in a week or a show in four days, really. So you're you're rehearsing one, you're going home and learning one, and then in the evening you're performing one. So there's always one or two or at least three shows in your head. And so you know, and you got a limited time, um, but I knew everybody really, really well, and it's great because actually all you really need to do is have a sort of kind of vision of of, of the production, uh, what you think, and it, and it, they did. So you put it on, and I knew the house style. I knew what the you know the thrillers were about. Again, a bit like pantomime. Um, well, these were my mates, you know, and I knew what they, and I knew they would do that. You know, it's like saying, well, I know this guy is going to do this in this scene because. That's a what the scene requires. B he's an enormously experienced actor, and C he knows what the the audience here and what the theatre expects. So all I actually make needs to do is really say, could you do it quicker, faster? Stand behind there, move over there, and you do. You're literally just controlling the you know the the, the pieces on 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 the chessboard, um, and then when it comes to um, you know the, the the tech you're you have a i have an input on the lights and then but there's a really good designer so the designer would come and say right this is what they're wearing this is what they're going to be standing on there's your your ground plan that's what you're working with doors there sofa there table there get on with it um so it is that it is like a big sort of you know lego toy because it's putting everything together but the, it, the rewarding thing was because these are really good actors uh really experienced they would then turn around and go do you think I should do, or can I, or you'd go, why don't you? And they go, ah, yeah. So there are those moments where you, you could share like the, like the, like the, you know, the, the, the reading and development stage, the workshop stage or something, because that's essentially what rehearsals are. Mm. But it was nice to have your mates go, I really like that bit. Thanks for that, Drew. You know, and you think, <laughs> yeah, you know. And then the next week, they'll be, they would be, yeah, they'd be directing me. You know, and they go, you know what he did last week, that glass? Yeah, do, do, do that. I said, give it, yeah, do it, do it. They'll have forgotten by now. You know, so, because uh, we had we had audiences turning up week after week after week, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. What so they'd, they'd recognize it. What about writing? Because, again, it's not something that I've had uh, a great deal of, of, exposure to or involvement in but obviously you did again a few weeks ago you did your your pumpkin show um, mm. you also got the um the immersive jungle shows all of which you've been one of the creatives on so yeah is it is it difficult to go from writing to then performing to directing or, or how do, do you find that they actually tie in and make it easier 
that actually is with with the jungle we were given um for those people who don't know a friend of ours built a jungle uh an inside jungle uh in <laughs> just build in, a jungle like just build a jungle some elephants and stuff and but it's it's i mean it is it's a beautiful um it's a be- it's a beautiful jungle a children's experience they walk through um there are uh, animatronics and rivers to cross and caves to crawl through but that was there that was that was if you like the set um and there was a premise um that there would be seven uh jungle gems lost um and alex and his dad uh and these characters were already there uh would find them and it was like but I don't know. Then, you know, the guy turned around, the the, uh, the producer turned around and said, but I don't know how to go any further. I've built it. I've created it. But I don't know how to get what's in my head. Uh, you know, so Verona and myself were given the task of writing something that would fit around these seven different stages in the, in, in the, in the journey through the jungle. He had to include everything. He had to be reasonably educational as well, or we, I wanted it to be because – as you know, natural history is one of my passions. Yeah. And then we had to get, <clears throat> excuse me, then we had to um, make sure that worked, get the actors on board that would play the jungle guides, that would guide the, the children, the, the families around. So we had, we had a, we got a good basis because we look at it and go, this is absolutely amazing. And we got really excited. Um, so that actually helped to have something in place that we didn't have to think, create that. Um, so we could write around something that was already there, but there were so many different elements that you think we've got to get that in. We've got, we've got to get that in. You couldn't miss anything out. You couldn't ignore anything that was already created this beautiful jungle. The other thing we had to do as well was, 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 um, the casting. So when it came to casting, we had to make sure that the actors were enthusiastic. They could, um, work in that situation, guide the families round. And then, so we 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 had auditions. So that was something I I'd only done once or twice before. The other side of the table, yeah. um, and then directing. You know, then taking our writing, and very often, you know, they would go, "Oh, could I say this?" You know, because I've come up with an idea of a character, and I go, "Go for it." Yeah. So yeah, like you're saying, you can't be precious about in this case um, our directing, our writing, our ideas. So you know, you just go like, "Yeah, okay, then." But that's that was exciting. That was nice to know that what we'd written and what our ideas were being um, accepted and then worked on. So that was and they now I mean, that was several years ago now um, before the unwelcome guest and mm-hmm. um, you know and we've and we've re, we've taken it and rewritten it and adapted. So that's had a journey. That's had a real journey. Um, and I guess and, it's rewarding and, and uh, interesting for you to be at many different stages of that journey to be involved in so many of the cogs that go together to turn, to make the, the, the big final machine, so to speak. So it's yeah, an also, interesting process. And it's, it's an ongoing process because I suppose when you normally do a job, you, if you, if you get a job, you know, um, it has a finite time. So if, as a director, you direct for two, two, three, maybe, I don't know, six weeks or whatever, and then you go and come back and look at something uh, every now and again. But with this, with 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 Jungle Monkeys, we are continually involved, you know. And, and 
are we, you know, from we'll get an idea and say, can we do that or production um, values? We need to go in and sort of look at look at the, you know, how it's looking and get new staff and 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 get new cast members. So um, yeah, it's that we never left. We we don't leave that alone. That's a continual, you know. So watching, as you say, watching it grow and change and that, but never going away. You don't come back and look at it. It's like you're always there with it. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 not, and that's that's nice. You know, but the temptation would be to sort of keep hold of it all the time. And what we don't do is we 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 do leave it, yeah. you know, and we go in and we go in and do shows occasionally tours so that we know it still works as well, which is good fun. But yeah, I, I think though, and again, I haven't been massively involved in the creative side of much but you and I have both done immersive dinner shows that have been written specifically as as brand new shows that we've then come on board as part of the cast to mm. it's never been referred to as a workshop but I think that's essentially how it's been targeted right let's run this for the first time we call it rehearsals but essentially it's does this work what do we need to change massively rather than something that is completely there in a form and might need the odd tweak these are things that actually need quite substantial input but there's an element I think to those where as much as you want to be flexible and want to create and want to make the best outcome or shape the best final product you do also need to keep its integrity particularly with stuff that we do where it's developed or in homage so to speak to something that already exists and is very much well known well liked and has its own shape and form so there i think that's probably the the most other than the, the workshop for the musical, the most I've been involved in the creative side of a production like that. What um, what difference do you find that? Because, um, like when you when you're doing the, you know, we, we you develop the, the 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 immersive stuff, and as you say, the characters are there, um, and people know what they do, um, and then you've got to put those characters that are, that 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 already exist. Um, and are well known and loved, and you can't muck about with them. But you've got to put those then into um, a new show. How different do you find that to say doing the truth stops here, where you were literally creating a character um, and able to have input on that? Is there one you prefer doing to the other? Um, I know, I know. No, that's real yeah. tough. Like, as it, it is an honour to play famous beloved characters 100% I absolutely yeah. adore it and I am a big fan of being handed a script or handing a being handed a character breakdown and someone going right this is what you're doing and knowing that right here are my constraints here are what, what I'm working to I just need to go within this structure and make it my own not so much but enjoy it so particularly as people know, I do um, Boise and Only Fools and Horses and Trigger. Now, they are very, very recognisable. They have certain traits that if they weren't there, then the character is no longer believable or no longer recognisable. Um, so you, you can't make, for example, Trigger this really outspoken, intelligent, like conversational guy, because that's not who he was as a character. He was 
limited speech, quite unaware of his not surroundings, so, so but you know where I'm coming from with that. Yeah. So, so you stick within that, but you can modernize a little bit. So you can reference modern things, you can uh adapt with the times, but you still have to have the core values to that character. On the flip side, developing a brand new character, again, you do still have a character breakdown. You do still have ideas about them, but because they are not established, there's there's no reason that you have to fit in an exact kind of frame, for example. Um, or it's not like you're going from a book to a movie as, as a, a, a random kind of uh, similarity. If, if people have been fans of books for years and have these character images in their head, you're never going to match everyone's image on screen. But if people love a book or love a script or love something for how someone is and then you completely change them, you're going to alienate some of your audience. Yeah, so I think yeah. that that's where it differs massively because when something is not established, you have the freedom to do it. And then people can pick or choose whether they like that person as you've developed them or that character as they've come across at that point. If you've already got something massively established by not sticking to it and by making things hugely different and it, it can almost clash and feel awkward. Uh, as to answering your actual question, which one do I prefer? No idea. Um, I love yeah, I know, I know, and I yeah. love the flexibility and I love knowing that I've created this character or I have developed this character. They are fully my own. As with the musical, as with previous musicals I've done, I uh, did a musical called Game Over, where weirdly I played Death, um, who it, it, it was it's an incredible piece of theatre because it's all written about um suicide and mental health and uh depression with some tongue-in-cheek humour, but some very important underlying kind of ideas um, and themes. Mm. But I got to develop Death, albeit he was still the guy that sort of welcomed the dead or picked and choose who was dead. But he he was a completely unique character. He essentially was a game show host. Um, and hopefully the, the show is going to tour again. We did it a few years ago. And there are plans, hopefully, to take it back out on the road. And if that does happen and obviously i will promote and tell everyone absolutely yeah without without sort of blowing my own trumpet the piece itself is incredible um and i think it needs to be seen i think it's a very very important piece of theater for how the state of the world is right now and and has been for quite some time and things like awareness and that are very important anyway i've gone off topic so yeah i i love developing something new I love putting my own swing on things and being able to go, this is how I've interpreted the writing and the description. This is how I'm bringing it to life. And if it works, great. I also love having the honour of reproducing a character who already exists and not making them my own, maybe putting my own little twists on them, but within reason. So yeah. Equally, I think probably they're both equally rewarding and enjoyable. But I the feel reason like you're going to go one way or the other. No, I'm, 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 I'm the same. I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's because when when you when I when I come into it, when I sort of start directing stuff and I and I try and have 
as much information as I possibly can for the actors. The actor guy, well, what about this and what about that? You know, so there's, there's loads of research. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I know sometimes we've, we've done with the interactive stuff, the immersive stuff, we, we've, we've sat there and gone, actually, my character wouldn't say that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, you, and you're justified because, you know, the actor that originally created Manuel, Manuel doesn't say that. You know, Del Boy doesn't say that. So you can go, my, you know, and then there's that always that famous line where people say, I don't think my character would say that, actors say that. In that case, you're justified. But then sometimes um, an actor will go, I don't think my character would say that. And I sit there as a director and go, okay, justify why he, she wouldn't say that. You know, what's your idea? And they go, blah, and you go, yeah, absolutely. Bang on, lovely, great. We, we've moved one step further on with the character development and the, and the play. And sometimes, you know, you get there, and that's why it's quite exciting, because you get an actor who sits in front of you and is bursting with ideas and bubbling with stuff, and then gets to a, gets to a halt and goes, I don't know what this means. I don't understand this bit. You know, and you go, aha, and you can unlock something, and then it all flows out, you know. But there are, there are those times as well, and I've worked with a couple of people, brilliant actors, but who just sit there and go, right, direct me, tell me. Give me something, and and you can give that, and then then it snowballs, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and they get they get wonderful. And there are those actors who, who will completely remain nameless, who never snowball, and you sit there and go, "If I never see you again, I will be immensely happy." Um, We've all worked with people who that's what's on the script, that's what it says I do, that's what I'm going to do it. Yeah, completely inflexible, which. I guess in some situations works perfectly because the writing and directing is so amazing that the actor doesn't need to do anything but do as that's thing. true. Um, yeah, I reckon that's quite rare though. I think having the, the the flexibility and I think you do you do need to not be straight and narrow, do as is mm. done sort of thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's. I mean, I I say I like to go when I'm directing. I go in there with, and I have have loads of ideas and loads of options. I can you know you can throw at the the actors, um, but also bear in mind as well that different actors work you know in different ways. I mean, you know, my way of of working is is probably very different to your way of working. You know, everyone has their ways. So you can be in a room and and arrive first morning of rehearsals, and there's there's someone sitting there. They're, they're completely off book. They've learned it and they're, they're almost starting to give a performance. Um, and then there's another actor who sit there with, you know, with, with locked into the book and into the script and, you know, and, and they'll get there, but they'll get there in different times. And sometimes it's frustrating because the person who's all giving a performance already, maybe they're, they're a little bit more difficult to direct. And well, I thought you might say that or, but, uh, or we could do that, you know, and then the person who's complete on the book may be the one that's totally open to, you know, they're working their way through the script and, you know, and it could be vice versa. So it's, it's, that's something I, 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 I've, as I've got, as I've, you know, as I've got older, I've got more mindful of the different ways people work as an actor. So when I direct, um, I, I take that on board and go, okay, he'll be fine. You know, and someone said to me, and, and also it's time frame, because as you know, you know, we don't have long in Panto. We don't have long yeah. in 
you know, to get that on. So, I mean, you're starting to think now, crikey, we've only got a few days left and we've got to start <laughs> teching and dressing. Yeah, yeah. Right next week. Um, yeah. Which, which is, it's terrifying, but also hugely exciting. But, I mean, talking of Panto, and obviously you've di- directed things that aren't Panto and directed Pantos. On the subject of lines, accuracy, development, um, I worked with a wonderful Panto uh, producer who used to refer to it as spreading. Um, <laughs> That's great. But for for people not in the industry who perhaps don't know the differences behind the scenes with regards to Panto and perhaps a normal production, I would say Panto, you're given a huge amount more freedom than any other style of performance. Um, in that, yes, there's a script. Yes, you stick to it. But the the flexibility and the sort of going off in certain directions is almost encouraged because that's the nature of the kind of performance. It's of course, Panto is polished and finished and, and very every not to to ruin the illusion, but almost every show is exactly the same in what we want to deliver. Yeah. But you try and make it feel not like that, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, and of course, as you know, you, you've got to be alive too, because there's no fourth wall. We, you know, we're having a conversation with the audience, you know, right the way through, particularly when you, you encourage them to, you know, to, to, to shout and get involved. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I, and as you say, everything is, is there, there are no, there are very few improvised moments in Panto. They are rehearsed. You know that you know people saying, "Oh, he laughed." You know, he laughed at that. Yeah, he laughs at that. You forget his name. Oh, that was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, we don't do that every night. Never do that. No, that's it. No. But there are, you know, there, but but then there are those moments that you get something from the audience, um, and you you run with it. You know, I mean, I had a guy one night. He got terrible cramp. I mean, he came round to the stage door to apologise. But I was in the middle of a scene, Dame's doing this. I think, it, I, it, well, I know what it was. It was it was Widow Twanky is in her laundry and I'm there with Wishy Washy. And we're doing this scene and there are soap suds everywhere and bits of clothing and kids are getting in and out of washing machines. This whole thing's going on. Suddenly in the middle of the audience, this guy stood bolt upright, went, oh, God, oh, and everything stopped. Everything stopped. The band stopped oh, it was straight out the front. He's going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, I've got terrible cramp. I've got terrible cramp. I've got to move. And he moved across the audience and, you know, through the auditorium, out the door. And it was like, and carry on. And it was, it was, just, it was just like this moment, you know. And, I, and it was, there was this moment, momentary pause. Mm. And I, I thought, and I just thought, I've got to say something as a day. And I just looked straight out to the audience and went, I wonder if he needs me to go and give him a rub. And then the band just carried on. And we carried it, you know, and but he came round stage door afterwards and said, I'm so sorry about that. You know, he said, I had bad crap. I said, honestly, mate, I got a good laugh out of it. We carried on, no problem. But yeah. it met the whole theatre, because I, you know, it was like he'd been shot. He just stood bolt upright and, and he was right in the middle of the auditorium, not off to the front or down, you know, right in the middle. Hundreds of people around him, you know, it was very funny. So from a directing point of view, then, do you automatically give more flexibility or make it more open when you're doing panto? I like everyone to be, we, I, mean, we, I, I like everything, if, what we end up with on the page, so we can change lines and go through, but what we end up with is what we're going to do. Hmm. 
Um, Because you've got to have a framework. If you're going to go off and, you know, and you always have those scenes where you go, okay, something could happen here. Um, If it does, we'll go off, but we'll come back to that point, you know, and you know exactly. I think it's got to be such a tight framework. Um, But if you start... um, I don't want people listening uh, to think that there's no structure and that we just kind of have a laugh with it and don't care. It is very, very controlled. But I mean a a development point when you get in that room for the first time with your group of actors and your scripts, do you have more openness doing panto for suggestions to come in because it it suits that more? I think as, yeah, because I I think, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. uh, I think, and also because, with Panto, people are coming in to do a specific job. Yeah. There is a, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's the prince, there's the, you know, the, or the, or the, the, the male and female leads, the, the romantic leads, if you like. Um, there's the dame, the comic, the villain, and you go into a rehearsal room and, and there's the script and the villain says, I always like to open with this line. That's my line. I like, so then you'll replace maybe what's in the script with what, he says his, his his set routine. The the comic will say, "Well, that's that's. I'll do my opening spot here." Um, I went into I did Panto many many years ago, and I got about ten pages of scripts, and it just said, "Opener song gag, busy bee routine, comic set, prince and princess," and that was it. Mm. And you went and and basically they went, "Yes, yeah, so we do that that." And I was. I had very little to do in it. I, I was just sort of learning and, you know, and I had very little to do and they were, and I was just basically the foil in all the gags. And I learned all these routines that I had no, you know, Oh yeah, we'll do the wishing well there. And then we'll do the present for a pheasant uh, there. And he's going, I don't know these routines. Um, and that was, it. it was all written in shorthand. And then everybody did their stuff that they do. Cause there was, there was a couple of, um, there was what, there was a well-known stand-up. There was a well-known singer there was a well-known double act. Uh, um, um, uh, there were a, a conjuring, a magician. And they just did their stuff. And it dropped in. And there was a little link of a storyline. Um, and you got two to the end and everybody got married and the, the villain was was cut. And you went, that's a really bloody good panto. But there's no <laughs> script there. No. You know. So I think... Um, um, that a comic will be asked to put their own thing together, isn't it? it yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. as you say, there are there are panto skits or, or routines that are in most pantos and they sort of rotate between whichever one you're doing and you just fit in certain bits that mm. are family favourites or traditional. And that makes up a lot of the production. Then you'll have a comic who is normally a name to some extent or has their own existing routine that they can adapt and put in which yeah. then tends to give the audience what they're there for. A lot of the time, a lot of pantos sell on the basis of the names they have in the shows. Absolutely. Not taken away yeah. from what you or I do, not being there, no. we are integral. But we'd be naive to think that a lot of tickets aren't sold because of who's in it. So you're not going to sell tickets based on having someone in it Joe Pasquale, for as a random example, I know he's is he at Milton Keynes this year. I can't remember where he is. Yeah, but, I think he is. But people are going to see his style of comedy and and what he does. That he will be one of the reasons that they are going. 
So the script will either be written to suit him or they will leave appropriate gaps or give him, yeah. right, here's what we need in this gap. Can you please write something or adapt something you already have? Yeah, the script the script will reflect the strengths of the people you've got. Even, you know, if you haven't got a, a name per se, you've got someone who, who has done, you know, villain for for 15 years they'll know exactly what they're going to do yeah um you know and exactly i mean i've got a few lines as dame that i always say right i'm going to put that line in there because a we need a gag here or we need something to speed this up we need the to keep the audience um with us because we've had a long scene you know and, and i mean i i did i have done in panto before you know there's been a long love scene and um you know and I'd sort of look over your shoulders at his dame and look at the audience and go, you're following this? You, you are, yeah. You know, or could someone ring my agent, please? You know, any, you know, little things like that, just to keep them involved because, you know. So there are two um, lines and there are things that people almost expect that yeah. aren't anything to do with it, but yeah. are absolutely to do with it because that's what you want to be in there. Yeah, it's like the ghost gag. I mean, the ghost gag has, you know, he's crowbarred into Panto, but it's got to be there. Um, but I've seen, I mean, thankfully nowadays there are a lot of new producers and or, or you know, bigger, you know, up-and-coming producers that go, yeah, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it differently. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that is really nice to see someone do it differently. I've got yeah. an idea for this year's ghost gag. So Without, gonna... without yeah, exactly. losing what people are there for without oh absolutely yeah you that they yeah recognizable feel and enjoyment so but also it's nice to whip a little surprise you know oh yeah absolutely which is you know which is what what i mean going back to you know what i was saying about you know researching and developing stuff and tackling new writing and then then tackling something established it's all about making it fresh and keeping it new isn't it i mean you know whatever you do so yeah yeah. So that's what I'll be doing next week, making everything fresh and new. <laughs> Excellent. Whereas I'm going to just be the best villain I can be with my final few days before up for performance. Yeah, it's I mean, it's gone so quickly already. I'm sure the performances will fly by as well. But it is absolutely my favourite time of year being back. Yeah, yeah, I have to say, yeah. I'm so excited for, for the run to come. Um, I'm sure you are as well. I, I will do my best to come and see you, mate. But um, Well, likewise, likewise. Yeah, we, we'll have yeah. to see if there are any days off. Not that we get many for anyone out there that, that thinks we might have it easy. No. I've got one. <laughs> one day off. I'm I'm simultaneously rehearsing the musical as well. So I'm not sure I've got any, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) But who knows? There might be an evening where you're late and I'm early and we'll we'll see what happens. Do it again. Do it again. Uh, Anyone that is in Potter's Bar or East Grinstead this Christmas or fancies travelling, you could always come and see Drew in a dress and me looking evil, um, which is not that different to what you see from what to what we see now no really yeah anyway mate it's been an absolute pleasure catching up and and i know busiest time of year both of us are all over the place at the moment but it's still it's still something that i wouldn't miss for the world so thank you for finding the time to have a chat and and you mate and your upcoming rehearsals and hopefully 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 see you sometime soon but if not it'll still be on zoom with a beer I love you. All the best, mate. Cheers.
Cheers, Tim. Speak to you soon. See you later, everyone at home. Thanks very much. Cheers. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Drooling Semantics. Please make sure you subscribe to be notified every time a new episode is released. We're available on all good platforms or directly through our RSS feed. Don't forget to follow us on social media and you can even watch us on YouTube. All our links and handles are in the podcast details. We love welcoming new followers and subscribers, so why not share with your family and friends so they can join in too. Thanks very much. See you next time. (laughs) 